Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to our show, We're Talking Golf. I'm Douglas Mehta and I'm your host. Now this past weekend, the Olympics wrapped up from Japan and we had two weeks of fantastic golf, both on the men's side and on the women's side. We had medalists on the men's side representing the United States, Slovakia, and Taiwan. On the women's side, the medalists represented countries like the United States, the host country Japan, and New Zealand. The Olympics itself is a noble idea or gesture based upon bringing the nations of the world together in a peaceful reunion for the purpose of advancing sport. Now in golf... One of the major thoughts behind the Olympics was that when it came back into the Olympics in 2016 for the Rio Games, many believed that one of the benefits would be bringing the sport to other parts of the world, to places that rarely saw golf. Perhaps the best example of that this past weekend represented the play of India's Aditi Ashok. Now, Aditi didn't medal, but she came close and she put in a fantastic effort She captured the attention of not only the golf world with a phenomenal putting and play, but she captured the interest of her country, a country that is not known for playing golf. So imagine a country like India with a population over 1 billion people, many of them watching one of their own competing for a medal at the Olympics in golf. This is the way that the sport grows and it's taking place all over the world, whether it be in a place like India or in places like Thailand, Malaysia, or in other countries around the world. Now, today's show is going to be about a country that has had a golf federation since 1914. It has had some players of note competing on golf's biggest stages on the European Tour and the LPGA. When we think about golf, the Netherlands isn't the first country that comes to mind very often. Usually, when we think of the Netherlands, we think of soccer or football, depending where you live. We may think of field hockey or speed skating, but very rarely is golf the first sport that comes to mind when we think of the Netherlands. Now, the Netherlands has produced some notable golfers, such as Joost Leuten, who's played on the European Tour, or if you follow women's golf, Anne Van Dam, who plays on the LPGA. More recently, Anne has even been featured in golf shows and other media because of her graceful swing and her ability to drive the golf ball 300 yards. Now, our topic in today's show is golf in the Netherlands, and we will discuss the growth and development of the sport, the effect of improved coaching and training, and then we're going to talk with a pair of promising young women about their golf journey in the Netherlands. So here to discuss these topics with us will be Lisbeth Powells, Anne Sterre Dendunen, and Noah Van Beek. Now before we get to them, we'll take a short break for a message from our producers. Built on a sleek titanium frame, With a light yet strong carbon body and a precision weighting system, the new TR20 from Hanma. Speed reframed. Welcome to our show. We are proud to announce that We're Talking Golf has been recognized as one of the top 40 podcasts to follow in 2021 for PGA and LPGA golf coverage. Today's show is being recorded from our studio in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We are produced by The World of Golf and you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.worldofgolf.org or on our social media channels of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and now on LinkedIn. For those of you in Asia and elsewhere, you can also follow us on Weibo and WeChat. Now, 
back to our show. Here is your host, Douglas Mader. Hi, we're back. Thank you for staying with us. Now, without further delay, let's get straight to our guests. Lisbeth Powells is the owner of LP Golf Performance based in Amsterdam. She graduated from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada, with a degree in kinesiology, the study of human body mechanics. She is a TPI certified fitness and golf specialist, and she's previously worked as a national trainer with the Golf Federation of the Netherlands. Anastera Den Dunnen is a 17-year-old member of the Dutch national golf team. She's a past winner of the Dutch National Match Play Championship and winner of the Junior Tulip Golf Challenge. She holds a World Amateur Golf Ranking Best of 126th. In the fall of 2022, Anna is committed to playing with Wake Forest in the NCAA Division I. Noah Van Beek is 18 years old, having celebrated her birthday just a couple of days ago. She is a member of the under-18 Dutch golf team. She also holds a world amateur golf ranking, and she too is planning on attending university in the United States in 2022. More recently, she had the experience of playing an LET Ladies European Tour event with Emily Christine Pedersen of Denmark. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Excited to be here. Our pleasure, our pleasure. So thank you all for taking time out of your busy schedules and competitions and whatnot to be with us today. Uh, Let me start with um, you, Lisbeth. Do you have a couple of moments? I mean, you're known to our readers a fair bit and people on our podcast show who've listened to you before and heard your show, but do you have a, maybe a quick 30 seconds that you'd like to share with people about your role and how active you've been in golf in the Netherlands and, and any of those particulars that uh, I think our audience should know about? Um, well, yeah, since 2010, I really help professional and, um, top amateur golfers to be able to perform better. And as a golf performance coach and and mentor, you know, I help them in through optimizing their body, mind and the game. Um, and of course I've been, uh, taking this from, Canada, Vancouver, back to to Holland, um, and I've been here in Holland for I think almost six, seven years, um, and I've seen a lot of progression happening, especially uh, both on the elite level and on amateur recreative levels. Um, there's definitely been a lot, a lot that has changed, and um, yeah, I, it's really excited to be a part of that and of to to see the growth happening. Let's chat a little bit about the development of more elite players in the Netherlands. Uh, in the Netherlands, it seems that growing and uh, better coaching and training is a big factor in the development of these elite players. We've seen players like Joost Leighton um, playing on the European tour and and uh, occasionally in the North American PGA tour. We have Anne Van Dam who's now playing on the LPGA tour and whatnot. So there seems to be this growing movement of developing more and more players at an elite level out of the Netherlands. Uh, Lisbeth, how much would you attribute that to the better coaching and training and, and what does it mean for the elite athletes and and for coaches like yourself? Well, um, if we're talking about the, the physical performance coaching part of it, I mean, it has definitely been a big, big role, uh, globally for players to be able to 
um, evolve because the game has evolved. I mean, it has become super powerful. Players need to be able to hit it very far. They need to be um, explosive, but as well, tournament schedules are packed. The traveling has become way more intense and, and maybe even taxing on both the body, the mind. It can be sometimes mentally challenging as well. And so it comes down to being really physically, mentally prepared very well to be able to play and compete and perform and do very well at the high, highest levels. Um, but it also comes down to kind of, you know, be able to downregulate, recover after an event and how quickly a player can recover. So um, I think that's the important part of the coaching if we're talking about um, the physical, mental side of it is that it helps the players to prepare for all of these scenarios. And um, I think there's, you know, I've definitely, like I said, seen development happening in the Netherlands, but um, physical training and assessments, they have been part of the national program for a long time. I mean, I've coached there for uh, for a couple of years, but However, I do think that there's still a, I mean, from my perspective, there's still opportunity for growth um, needed. And especially when we're, when I'm seeing from the communication part and from the integration part, uh, that's where I see where we can still grow in the Netherlands. And that's what I'm you know, continuously looking at what's happening in the United States or in countries or coaches that do really, really well at the highest levels from golf, but also outside of golf um, and try to integrate that as well into the golf scene, because that's where I see there's, um, yeah, an opportunity to, <laughs> to take on, uh, especially in this very small country. But as we just saw on, the, um, I mean, just recently with the Olympic games we've done really well got a lot of medals for this very small country but um yeah i think related to golf physical coaching and mental preparation still needs to be taken more seriously that's what i'm sensing and um it's amazing to see players that do that and go after that so so perhaps you can share a little bit with us in terms of what do you think that um, the biggest change has been? If you could, if you could name one thing, Lisbeth, what do you think the biggest change has been in the evolution of coaching and training in the Netherlands? It's been that the uh, technical coaches have been are, are are more open to get getting their players really physically strong and um, creating that team around the player. Um, apart from just a technical standpoint. Yeah. What do you mean by team? I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I know what you mean, but why don't you explain what you mean by the team for our listeners? Yeah. So, I mean, going on to the elite levels, a player needs to have a team of experts and coaches surrounded by them. And, um, the change here in Holland, what I'm seeing is that the team used to be just a physio or, and uh, like their their um, their swing coach or maybe a putt coach, but now the team also um, 
integrates like that physical coach or the mental coach and all of the team members are way more effective with communication to each other so that the player's development is, um, you know, at the right is, is, is the priority. And therefore the team members need to be communicating. Um, and that's what I'm, what I, what I see what has grown is in that, um, the swing coaches, the technical coaches accept there being more, yeah, yeah, other other team members on the team for the player. If that makes sense. Oh, completely, completely. But I I, I appreciate that because you know I'm sure we're going to have people in the audience listening who are either junior golfers wanting to pursue a, a, a career or an elite career in golf, whether it be just. Uh, to attend university or perhaps to take it to the next level, make the national team or perhaps have the opportunity to pursue a professional career. So I think it's important that they start to get some understanding and, and awareness as to what, what takes what it takes to uh, become an elite player and uh, some of the things that go into it. Um, maybe I'll switch gears and ask the two ladies we have with us uh, a little about, little bit about sharing their experiences in terms of working with say, the national program and coaching and, and the specializations. So why don't we start with um, uh, yourself there, Anne. Would you like to share a little bit about how you found coaching and your experiences working with the elite coaches and, and the program and what it's meant for you? So I've worked with my swing coach for the past six years. Um, and basically, uh, like a couple months after I, uh, started with him, I, uh, got, a, I also got a physical coach, um, and they are just really good friends and they've known each other for a long time. So they constantly communicate and that definitely helps. Um, but I also think that because we have a lot more data right now and we just get so much more data, we can use that to yeah, see faster and easier. Um, yeah, if something's wrong or, if, uh, you know, oh, maybe we shouldn't go this direction or uh, this uh, doesn't look good. Um, and I also think that just because we have uh, trainers that have a lot of experience, like they've played on tour themselves or they, uh, they played on elite levels, they can give us that edge uh, to be playing better, to help us prevent making mistakes that maybe they've made, or uh, they know other people that made those mistakes. Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. think that's just well, that's the last hear. couple of years that's really improved. Okay. Uh, how about yourself, Noah? What has your experience been like in terms of working with some of these uh, more specialized coaches? And, and obviously for the audience, I don't know if I've mentioned it or not, but we know that you work with Lisbeth a fair bit and she's worked with you over the past uh, few years. Yeah, so I am working with Lisbeth from almost the beginning that I started golf. And I feel like she really helps me on different kind of parts uh, for my golf game. She helps me on my nutrition part, my mental parts, and also my physical parts. So I feel like that's something that has grow, uh, that has improved over the years as well. So it has not only been the golf part, but also all the side parts that helps you eventually become a better golf player. So uh, I'm really help, uh, happy that um, I'm working with Lisbeth because um, she gives me so much uh, support from all the different um, kind of parts that are 
beside of golf, which eventually helped me in my golf game. So um, I feel like that's a big has been a big change in all these years. Are you finding Noah that some of uh, what you're working on? Because um, I, I know Lisbeth and I know the work that she's been doing, and a lot of it takes a much more holistic approach to to not just the golf aspect, but in terms of helping um, the people that work with her become better individuals, whether it be spiritually. Um, and I don't necessarily mean in a religious sense. I mean, um, spiritually in the sense of feeling whole, um, developing as an individual, taking this broader approach to development and whatnot. Are you finding that uh, to be a big part and helpful to you as well? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know I can be a person who can be become really frustrated on the golf course when it doesn't go the way I was hoping for. So um, I talk about it with Lisbeth, of course, and she gives me um, kind of um, advice that I can take with me on the course so uh, I can just keep like everything low and not get too frustrated. And um, I feel like those things that are not a kind of technical golf part that they still are helping me hitting better shots. So, um, yeah, she's also helping me on like the kind of spiritual way with the way of thinking and visualization on the golf course and staying positive. Um, Lisbeth, you mentioned a little bit about the technical development and work that's been going on in coaching uh, and in particular your observations about it in the Netherlands. Now, when I think technical and, and whatnot, I'm starting to think a lot about TPI based training and development. Is that an important element or is it more than just TPI? Uh, absolutely. It's more than just TPI. I mean, TPI is a method that uh, us coaches can use and apply to, I mean, indeed, like Anna said, gather data. I mean, that's why we do the TPI screenings. Um, and it's a structure and a language that we as coaches can refer to one another. It's It's very important. And it's just one of the methods, at least that's how I'm, from my experience that I use um, to, I mean, talking about the, um, the physical development, it is TPI, but it's strength, strength and conditioning as well. It's, it's yoga, it's Pilates, uh, it's integrates, um, you know, endurance training, different sports skills, and to be able to transfer that to golf. Uh, and if we're talking from junior development point of view, so I mean, yeah, it, it, for me, it's definitely just more than TPI, but it's nice because we, as a team, can all communicate in the same language, and uh, we understand, and therefore can um, help the development of the player, which is always a priority, um, much better. Uh, let me ask this question of you, Lisbeth, and then I'll ask it of the two ladies. Do you think it's possible to develop an elite player these days without having that kind of access to quality coaching and support systems? Well, it's not because I'm a coach and I coach young juniors, but I honestly don't think um, that you can, yeah, really hit those performances and, and do really well, um, but also gain that fulfillment and be still growing as a golfer, as an athlete and as a person without, you know, great coaching and a team around you who's 
experts lie in different mm-hmm. fields. Yes, I would tend to agree. I mean, I think the days of a Bubba Watson who never took a golf lesson in his life are kind of numbered if they already aren't uh, finished just because of the way the game has gone, the explosion. Um, and then we have somebody on the PGA Tour like Bryson DeChambeau who people seem to either love or hate, <laughs> uh, but he brings that, you know, almost too much of a scientific technical perspective to to the game and whatnot but the game is definitely moving in that direction and uh it seems like uh, you really have to be on the ball these days and, and even at a little bit of an earlier age than perhaps waiting until college like people used to do in the past well yeah and it's not something maybe that's misunderstanding or a myth that i want to you know take take away is that many young i mean many young juniors or even parents don't decide to create that team very young and early on because they think, oh, it's not necessary yet or my junior doesn't need to lift weights or, you know, all that fitness. It doesn't need to be that specialized at all. And um, that's, yeah, it's a misunderstanding because it's only going to help them in the development physically and mentally them as a player, but as also as, you know, a person, like I said, and um, it's, not something that you take on when you need it. You take a coach when you don't need it. So you can really tackle those difficult, challenging moments, which are a part of, you know, growing into elite um, sports at any, any uh, age or also any other sports, you know, they come and uh, that's why you need to be prepared and, and have a team that's also there to support and be kind of an anchor amidst, all of the things that happen. Um, yeah, but I'm like, I'm of course biased, but it's still true. I mean, I also have coaches, so yeah, it's part for me, it's a part of the game, but I'd love to hear the girl's, uh, opinion about that. <laughs> yes. Well, I agree with you too, Lisbeth. It's a very important aspect in development. Uh, let's switch. Yes. Uh, Noah, following up on that, do you want to share your thoughts about coaching and, and the importance of it, or do you think, um, I mean, do you think you, and and this is the same question for you too, Annie, uh, do you think that, um, you could be where you are today in your, uh, careers in golf without that kind of coaching? Um, in my opinion, no, I don't. Um, I think if you look at like the highest ranked players now on tour, they all do these different kind of aspects. So I feel like you really need them to um, get nowadays on that kind of high level. And in my opinion, I have uh, started working out when I was nine years old. So I feel like over all these years, it has really helped me in my golf game, getting stronger, more speed, more distance. Um, I feel like you really need all those different kind of aspects, like your nutrition part also for your energy on the course, your mental part uh, will, of course, help you. So I feel like you can't get the best out of your game if you are not doing all the different kind of aspects. Right. Uh, how about yourself, Annie? Yeah, so I I know for myself, my parents uh, decided to form a team uh, like from the beginning when I started training. Um, so I'm, I'm very lucky that my parents decided to do that. Um, but I have definitely noticed a difference because a couple of years ago, I started um, more heavily with 
with training and with working with my coaches. And I definitely saw improvement in, yeah, how I performed. And it wasn't just the training, but it was also mentally just being more prepared for being on the course and hitting a bad shot, but still being able to recover. Um, and I also think that, especially for the physical part, you need a coach that's going to really guide you through because I am actually still growing, um, which is very difficult because... I couldn't really start weights early because then you're, well, that's not good for your body. So my coach, he made a whole plan on how we were going to handle it. So, yeah. And if I had started to just use weights from very early on, I definitely would have gotten a serious injury. So I think coaching is just one of the most important things you can have. Lisbeth, let me ask you a question before we move on. There's, um, now I know there's the topic of, weight training and whatnot. When we're talking about golf fitness and development, particularly at the younger ages, we're not necessarily talking about weight training where you're lifting for bulking up your muscles and and bulking up the body and whatnot. Am I correct in thinking that what we're talking about is more about conditioning and strengthening your core muscles, your key muscle groups, things of that nature, so that you're you're stronger overall but without bulking up is that a fair assessment yes yes it's uh definitely a part of it uh i mean physical development uh when you're at that junior age really depends not on your chronological age but on the biological age so uh indeed referring back to anna when now she's still growing i mean there's there definitely has to be taking account of that, um, even though, um, yeah, you know, we're not, uh, the growth and the rate of the junior growing needs to be taken into account and it helps then to uh, create a program that aligns with how fast they're growing or if they stopped growing. And of course, it also is very different girls versus boys. That's a big, big, big difference. And in terms of actual training, that could be different, practicing different sports skills that easily transfer to golf, such as, you know, hockey or um Throwing skills, um, kicking skills, those are super, super important. We're talking about body weight, movements, push-ups, press-ups, um, Turkish get-ups, but also conditioning with the speed rope, jump rope, um, things like that to also keep it light, fun. And um, yeah, that's some of my key elements in junior training is uh, being aware of the state that they're in of their body and the growth while also keeping them engaged because they need to have fun with it because they need they want you want them to be able to do this for the rest of their lives so um and then from there it's gradually adding more resistance and resistance doesn't always mean adding weights it could be in different uh settings so yeah right well thank you for that we're going to take a short commercial break and when we return we're going to Spend some time now chatting with the players about their journeys in golf and how they came to be in competitive golf and their future plans and just go down that road because I think it's quite fascinating. Um, 
because I follow a lot of junior golf as well, and I've been watching all over, and I'm noticing the uh, your players in your program in the Netherlands is quietly going about in the background and is competing a fair bit and challenging a lot for your tournaments and whatnot at the uh, at the uh, amateur level that these two players are playing at. So I think that's fascinating, and that's what we'll discuss when we come back. Built on a sleek titanium frame, with a light yet strong carbon body, and a precision weighting system, the new TR20 from Hanma, speed reframed. All right, welcome back and thank you for staying with us. We're going to move now into the second segment of our show. Uh, we're going to talk with the players a little bit about their experiences in golf, how they came to play uh, competitive golf, and what their experiences have been like um, developing as players in the Netherlands and competing for the Netherlands on European stage. So the first question I'd like to ask the two of you is, how did you get into competitive golf? Uh, Anne, did you want to start? Yeah, so uh, one of my earlier coaches, he was like, yeah, why don't you just try and go to a competition? Um, that was turned out to be the national championship under 12, uh, which is also where I met Noah because we were in the same flight. <laughs> um, and it was a lot of fun and I, I really liked it. And then I just continued. And a couple of weeks later, I joined the federation, the national team. Um, and then it just started playing competitions and basically never stopped. How old were you when you first started to play golf? Uh, about nine. Uh, but I've only really been training for about six years. So since I was 11. Uh, who got you into the game? Who introduced you to golf? Uh, my dad. Um, he was. Uh, he would just be training and hitting shots from the bunker, and I would be sitting there with a little shovel and just going about my day. Um, and then a, a coach uh, from the local club, he was like, you know, there's a lesson, a kid's lesson. If you want, you can join. Um, and I joined, and he was like, wow, you know, why don't you just come every week and uh, I went every week and uh, kept training. And that's where you are today. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Noah? How did you get into golf? Who, who's the first person that put a golf club in your hands and got you playing this game? And, um, and how did you make the decision to come into competitive golf? Um, yeah. So it all started with my parents. They both play golf and my dad is like, so obsessed with the game <laughs> he loves it more than anything so he brought me and my sister um, to the golf course when he was playing with some friends or by himself and um, me and my sister had like a club that was even longer than ourselves at the beginning <laughs> so um, but yeah we hit some shots and um, it was just for fun because um, at that time I also did other sports I played tennis and I did gymnastics as well so it was just a little extra, um, but uh, I started taking uh, groups lessons with also kids of my age at a uh, golf course nearby. And um, I actually really liked it. And I also went every week and um, with the same group. So I made my friends over there and I really started to like the game because I saw the improvement. And um, I signed me up uh, for small competitions on my home club. And um, 
yeah, when I uh, just really started to play those events and I saw you uh, were able to win prizes and everything and see the improvement, um, I really um, started to get motivated to practice more and get even better and sign me up for more tournaments. So that's kind of the road <laughs> that I have uh, been following and now I'm still doing it. <laughs> so it was a little bit of the... Uh the promise of a reward that got you into it. And it was like the carrot and the stick kind of thing. You had the carrot there. Well, that's a, I don't know if it's a yeah, yeah. understanding or Yeah, it was okay. like, I saw the improvement and it motivated me to get even better and better. So yeah, it went like that. Let me ask you both something else right now. On the LPGA, there is a tremendous amount of collegial conduct, like a collegiality, like, uh, the players seem to be very supportive of each other. They go out and compete hard. They try to beat each other. Um, but it never seems to cross the line. And it becomes more of a, well, I gave up my best. I did the best I possibly can. And the other person won. And congratulations type of thing. Do you find the two of you in particular, having grown up a fair bit together, and like uh, Anna said, um, playing in the same uh, flight from the start and whatnot. Do you find that playing against each other and growing up together has been a good way of helping you practice and develop your games? And and how, mu how important would you say that kind of friendly rivalry, if you will, or friendly competition has been? And I say friendly because I know the two of you, when you probably play individually, you want to win and you want to have the best finish you can. But I've noticed that you play very well together as well on the team events when you're competing for the Netherlands against, say, Germany, like you were last year or some of the other other events. Uh, Noah, did you want to start? Um, yeah, so I think um, we really know each other for a really long time. And uh, we have practiced so many hours together and we have seen each other many, many days. So I feel like it really helps uh, us as well because you get a better friendship um, on and off the golf course. You get to know each other better and um, you can also help each other with um, because someone is better at the other part and someone is better at something else on the golf game. So I feel like you can also support each other on that. And um, when you play against each other, one-on-one match plays or in a stroke play, stroke play event, you of course want to beat each other that's just how um competitions work so um but i feel like when we're playing in a team it's different because you have to work together and communicate and um with the european girls team championships um yeah you're really um kind of you have a different uh, relationship than when you're playing just as an individual so um yeah we have experienced all kind of uh, things together <laughs> And how about yourself, Anna? Uh, yeah, so I don't have any brothers or sisters. Um, so just going to the golf course every week and seeing everybody uh, really helped me to, to like push myself because I wanted to be as good as them um, when I first joined because I never really trained a lot. Um, I was just going to the course with my dad, playing for fun, and then we'll see how it goes. And then I joined the Federation. It was like, okay, you know, we're going to train, we're going to do this and this. And I was like, Oh wow. You know, this is how you're supposed to. And to just grow up with these girls, uh, 
yeah, really helped me to, yeah, push myself and be like, you know, oh, I want to beat them next time or I want to be better at them uh, than the, than at this than them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really important to have somebody to, yeah, just, yeah, compare yourself uh, with almost, uh, but just really help you push yourself. Lisbeth, let me jump in and ask you a question. You've been working with the younger athletes for a while now, and obviously not uh, Anna, um, but surely you must have a degree of satisfaction to see how the young players are coming along and and the development of them. And, and while you have that close connection working with Noah and her sister, it must be very satisfying just to see the work that the young ladies are putting in and the way that the game is going and, and uh, the way they're developing as players. Absolutely. I mean, for me as a, as a coach, this is, I mean, I get my, I feel fulfilled when I'm on the course and I'm at a tournament watching them play and seeing everything integrated. I mean, not even being there to actually coach, but just observing them and doing their own thing. Uh, Like uh, a couple of uh, months ago in June, uh, when they had the opportunity, for example, to play at the players experience on the let here in the netherlands which also has been a huge development by the way uh talking about golf development here in holland um but yeah just to observe and see how they're doing and um see how they their game is their swing is but also their demeanor their vibe their energy on the course to me that's that gives me all the fulfillment because I put my, yeah, not just my job is my passion and my knowledge is, ever, you know, I try to um, bring that forth in my coaching, but it's also kind of your, you're putting your heart and your soul into your coaching. And yeah, when you see they, um, they're having fun and they're doing what you have, you know, kind of instilled in them, it's, um, to me, yeah, it's absolutely, yeah, the most fulfilling thing um, as a coach, no matter what, you know, the scores are that, uh, yeah, to see them grow and develop. Yeah, uh, very satisfying and fill you with a little bit of pride. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as well, I just know they, I mean, I put in the I put in a lot of effort but it's their work they're putting in the the hours as well they're putting in continuous effort they ask me the questions they stay open-minded they um you know come back to me with more questions or when they're doubting and that's the thing that makes them grow and I'm just there to to guide them to support them mentor them or advise whatever uh, it's most uh, needed at that time so Right. Um, let's chat a little bit about, uh, and I'll ask you first, uh, Anna. What, how would you describe your life and routine as a uh, elite player? Specifically, like, how do you practice? Do you have a practice schedule? I mean, if let's say you have um, another girl that comes up to you on the golf course and says, What's it like to play on the national team? What's it like to play at the levels you are doing? I mean, what's life like for you? Uh, what would you tell them? Well, for me, uh, besides golf, uh, academics has always been important. Um, 
So I spend a, a lot of time on that as well. Um, but I'd say just the training is is every week in this training. Uh, and that's with the national team. And then through the week, I'm very lucky to have a golf course uh, walking distance. Um, so that's just you're out of school, you go to the golf course, then you come back home and you do your homework. Um, and then you either contact your coaches or maybe you do something for yourself and then you get to sleep. And that's just day to day uh, life. And then if there's a tournament, you work towards that, you adjust your schedule uh, from just doing uh, technical training to also more like uh, adding the competition part into it uh, and challenging yourself and getting yourself in the right mindset to be able to play in a tournament. Um, and then after that, it's reflection and immediately just go on to the next tournament. And just that's like day to day, your your daily business. How about yourself, Noah? Uh, how would you describe your day and, and what kind of advice would you give to some someone else that came up and asked you at the golf course? Um, yeah, so I would say you have a really busy schedule every week. Um, it changes also because of the tournament you play. Um, but you have early mornings. Um, I was at a school that um, had also uh, golf practices in the morning. So first I had to travel one and a half hour towards my training. Then it starts at 8.30 and I have practice all morning. I go to class and I travel back home. Um, then you do your homework. And um, sometimes you have also your strength and conditioning training in the afternoon. Um, so you have really busy days and you want to get your rest as well. So you go to bed early and I feel like um, from Monday till Friday, you don't really have much uh, time to socialize with any friends because of the traveling, the practice, your schoolwork as well. Um, but um, that's the kind of decisions you have to make at this high uh, of level with performance and everything. And um, yeah, the kind of way uh, I like to practice, I feel like it's for everyone different. I like to work more on the technical part in the winter season, so the off season, and more on the skills and performance part during the season. So it really depends um, uh, when in what kind of um, season you are with tournaments or um, just your off season without any tournaments. But I would say, um, yeah, you have a really busy schedule. So Anna, you're planning to attend Wake Forest in September 2022, correct? Yes. Uh, what are your plans in, in terms of golf and university? Is it your focus going to be on education? Is it going to be on both golf and education and see what happens and possibly a, a future career professionally? Or, or what, are your, what are your plans and your goals at this stage? Uh, well, my goal is definitely to play in the LPGA. Uh, that's just always been a dream of mine. Um, but yeah, from my family, it's just been education. I do want to get a degree um, because, you know, the chance of making it to the LPGA is so small um, that, you know, in a small van, it doesn't work. Um, I still have something to fall back on. So for me, yeah, I'm definitely going to be focusing on both golf and education, maybe a bit more on golf, but uh, yeah, definitely both. Do you have a career path in mind for university, like what you'd like to study? Uh, yeah, so it's probably going to be either biology or biochemistry, <laughs> um, which I 
is of course very hard um but i just don't get any set of satisfaction from the economics part so that's definitely a no yeah i was gonna say well you could be another wonderful candidate for stem women in stem because uh, yeah. there are there are a few players uh out there you know Somebody I know, Brittany Marchand, she uh, was a chemical engineer or is a chemical engineer. She graduated from NC State. So she had that very difficult academic career path as well as playing golf. And and she's playing on the uh, Symmetra Tour and she played a year on the LPJ as well. So yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, how about yourself, Noah? Um, are you still planning to attend NCAA Division One? And I see that you're... Uh, affiliated with Peak USA. Did you maybe want to share a little bit about what that's all about? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm planning to also go to college and play in the Division One for the class of 2022. And uh, I'm working with Gemma Webster from Peak USA for over two years now. And she's really helping me uh, with finding the right fit. Uh, she works with many different uh, players in Europe, boys and girls. And uh, she just get in touch with coaches, um, inform them about players um, that she is working with that are looking for schools and eventually find the right fit um, for everyone. So I really like the support uh, that she gives me and uh, I'm really happy that she helps me through this whole journey. And um, many people also know that I was verbally committed to a university um, this year in March. Uh, it was the Texas A&M University and um, the coaches that I um, had made my commitment with, uh, a lot of things changed. So um, I got new coaches um, at my school and things uh, unfortunately didn't work out the way I was hoping for. So um, I eventually uh, made my decision to not go anymore and open up my recruit process again. And um, now looking for another school that is um, the right fit for me. So I feel like everything happens for a reason. So it probably had to be like this. And uh, I will see um, where I, uh, yeah, what my school will be. And uh, yeah, I'm now speaking with new uh, teams again and coaches. So um, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Let me ask a, a quick question of both you and uh, Anna. One of the big uh, junior events that seems to attract a lot of attention for recruiting is the IMG event in San Diego every year. I think they call it the Callaway uh, event. Have either of you ever looked at playing that or have you played it or is it in your plans at all? No, not for me. No. No, I haven't heard from it also. I do have heard about other events in the USA like uh, the Junior Orange Bowl and like the Dixie Amateur, but um, I haven't heard of this one. Okay. No. Okay. It, it, no, and you, neither of you, uh, Anna. <laughs> no, no, I, I haven't heard of it. I, I did get the chance to play in the Junior Orange Bowl, uh, but that was two years ago. So I haven't played in America since due to COVID. But uh, yeah, the COVID sure taken a it's been tough. COVID sure taken a bite out of all the international competitions that players like yourselves could could participate in. Let me ask you this. If you could, in, say, a short sentence, what advice would you give to others about choosing to play competitive golf, Anna? Um, go for it fully. Um, you learn a lot and you get a lot of experience you wouldn't get otherwise. You travel, 
and just give it your all. All right. How about yourself, Noah? Uh, yeah, I agree with Anastair. Uh, I feel like it's really important that they have to know it's not easy and it doesn't come from granted. So you really have to put in all the work, but eventually keep having fun. Um, I know it can be really hard uh, when you have to perform and uh, it's not always going the way you want it, but you have to keep um, yeah, having the fun in the game because you really need it to uh, perform at the highest level. And uh, after all, you have started the game because you liked it. And um, I feel like you've always need um, to keep the fun in the game. Right. So no regrets for the path you've chosen so far? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Anna? No regrets? No, no, no. Yeah. You miss a lot of things, but so many other things make up for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. Um, I'm going to ask Lisbeth one more question here before we move on. Uh, Lisbeth, you've been in the program a little bit now. Is there anything that, you know, looking back so far, is there another focus or anything that you wish that you could see developing in the Netherlands with its golf program or, or things of that nature to, to help these athletes get to the next level or, or to continue to improve on? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there is always room for improvement. Um, and I think, uh, like I shared a little bit before, um, I think to embrace the physical, mental development fully and integrate it into not just the programs, but also the budgeting um, is going to help grow the game even further, especially uh, development of young players here in Holland. Okay. Yeah. Very important. Thanks. How about you, ladies? Is there anything you would like to suggest that could be improved or... or um done a little bit better now that you're at a stage you can look back a little bit who wants to go first oh no uh <laughs> um looking back yeah i don't really know of anything at least that comes to mind right now that could have been changed um maybe just from the early stages on i think uh women's golf is incredibly important and i think because when we were younger, there wasn't a lot of attention to us. It's getting better. Uh, but I think that's definitely at least one of the regrets I have that just there hasn't been that much attention to women's golf. I think that could be changed. Okay. Yeah, that's a very good point. Hopefully programs like this will help to continue put the focus on women's golf and, and in particular this episode in the Netherlands and women's golf in the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How about yourself, Noah? Um, yeah, I totally agree with Anastasia. Um, I don't also really know what I could have changed in the past. Um, maybe I have always been really competitive. So maybe at a really young age, not focusing too much on the scores when I was like 10, 11 years old. <laughs> and sometimes I see like those young girls right now and I'm like, you're okay. You're still so young. <laughs> so maybe that, but um, yeah, I don't know anything else that uh, I would have changed. Um, unfortunately, COVID had a big impact on our junior careers um, the last two years. So um, yeah, that's sad, but everyone is experiencing the same. So it's not really something I think was in our own hands. 
Right, right. So another carpe diem, seize the day and enjoy the opportunity while you got it because you can't take it for granted. Definitely. Yeah. One more quick question, Noah. You're talking about how competitive you were when you were younger. How much of that was driven by the sibling rivalry and having your sister play you and, you know, the two sisters going at it all the time? If you're like yeah. my two sisters, they're always competing with each other. It's definitely really competitive between us. Um, also off the golf course on some different kind of aspects. <laughs> uh, we really want to beat each other. And um, I feel like the pressure is more on me because I'm the oldest one. So I can't really lose. It, that's what I get to hear from everyone. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's really competitive. But uh, because we uh, uh, are doing so much together, uh, we also have a really close relationship together. And we do uh, wish each other the best. And eventually, we hope uh, we both reach our goals. So we do also support each other. But when we have competitions, we really want to beat each other as well. What's next for you? What's coming up? Are you any competitions, anything like that, Noah? Um, yeah, so I do have a, a few uh, tournaments left this year. Um, at the end of this month, uh, I'm also going together with Anastella to the Italian girls under 18. So that's a tournament I'm looking forward to because it's a big uh, tournament where we can compete with good um, players here in Europe. And we still have a few um, national championships uh, that I'm going to play. And um, in the meantime, I'm also focusing on my recruit process to find uh, the right college for me. So those are the things that are the most important for me right now. Great, great. And how about you, Anna? Uh, yeah, so uh, I have a tournament in the coming days. So that's the Dutch Amateur Championship. Um, so that's an international tournament uh, here in the Netherlands. Um, and then, yeah, the Italian girls under 18. Um, and then there's also a national open. So that's actually competition with both amateurs and professionals. Uh, so that's always really fun to play. Um, and then I'm probably going to play a lead X's competition or two, because that's just basically the only thing that's left this uh, time of year. Right, right. And how about yourself, Lisbeth? I know you're always busy and on the go and whatnot. So what's uh, happening for you in the next while? Well, I'm always looking to uh, to onboard new, driven, motivated juniors um, from the Netherlands, but also globally. Um, and there's, uh, I've got a research paper that's coming out pretty soon, which I helped develop and which is going to be a huge push forward for golf fitness and the Netherlands, hopefully, but especially to help reduce uh, reduce overuse injuries in golfers. And um, I'm currently working on hopefully launching a big international project as well. Uh, also, also going to be a huge push forward for the golf uh, kind of golf community globally. And uh, yeah, overall, I can't wait to see the next couple of progress development uh, that my clients uh, will make in the the, what's left of this year and uh, to dive deep into the training this off season. That's what I'm really excited for as well. Yes. Well, in getting to know you over the last year, you're definitely somebody who's uh, always going to be on the move and looking to improve things. So that's fantastic. Lisbeth, keep up that fantastic work. Thank you. 
we're kind of at the end of our show now. Well, we're not kind of, we are at the end of our allotted time. So I'd like to thank all of you for taking the time to join us. Uh, it's been a wonderful opportunity and I know we're just scratching the surface, but I found it incredibly fascinating and particularly to hear the examples of what's going on and, and in your lives too, uh, ladies, I mean, as the players, just to see the enthusiasm and uh, the hard work and the dedication going into it. I think it's, I think you're making Dutch golf going to be a much bigger force in the future. So keep up that fantastic work and, and you too, Lisbeth. And thank you all so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us and having this discussion about uh, golf in the Netherlands and the development. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And hopefully maybe we can do another episode like this in the future and just kind of do a touchback and see where everybody is and how things have improved. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Okay. Love to. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, folks. Uh, and that's our show for today. I'm going to thank all of our listeners for having to, uh, for tuning in and downloading and listening to our podcast show, because without you, uh, we couldn't make this happen. So thank you th so much for listening. You are listening to We're Talking Golf, produced by the World of Golf. The views expressed by our guests are the sole views of the guest and not of the podcast show, We're Talking Golf, nor of the producer, The World of Golf nor any of its personnel including the host, Douglas Mader. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. If you have an idea for a future show, please send us an email to info at worldofgolf.org. Please include podcast show in the subject line. This show is the copyright of the world of golf. Thank you for listening. <laughs>